welcome to Sintalk. The Sintalkers around the table today discuss the constraints of diagrams. We'll think about diagrams and what they can and cannot do. What makes something a diagram? Are we always making diagrams in our mind? Do physical constraints of the 2D surface matter? Is all cognition multimodal? Do the blind use diagrams? When is our memory diagrammatic? When can sentences be converted into non-trivial diagrams? Are scripts like diagrams? Can contradictions and absence be represented visually? And would robots and computers reason freely with diagrams in the future? We are pleased and privileged to have three Sin Talkers with us here today. Professor B. Chandrasekharan. He is a researcher in artificial intelligence and cognitive science. His recent work has been in areas of diagrammatic representation and cognitive architecture. He is a professor emeritus at Ohio State University. Professor Lopa Mudra Choudhury. She is a researcher in logic of diagrams and also has interests in reasoning in general and cognition for the visually challenged. She is from Jadopur University in Calcutta. And Professor Prakash Padakanaya. He is a professor of psychology at University of Mysore. He works on cognitive psychology, specifically in areas related to reading and psychoneurolinguistics. So Chandra, why don't we set the ball rolling with you? I think when one ordinarily thinks of it, a diagram has a narrower sense. It has a narrower um, significance for the layperson. Um, so what are diagrams? How are they different from pictures? And obviously, at when, when asked about it, you know that they're very different from sentences and we'll kind of unravel some of these things as we go. But what are diagrams specifically? How do you think of it? And why does a computer scientist like you uh, wrestle with this question? Good question. Um, diagrams are pictures in a way, but uh, their fundamental significance is that a cognitive agent has created them. Diagrams are not natural things. You don't walk on the street and say, hey, look at that. That's a diagram there. Right. You know, you may say, look, there's a mountain there, but you won't say there's a diagram so there. So diagrams don't exist in nature. Exactly. Diagrams don't exist in nature. They're creations of a cognitive agent for the purpose of representing some situation or some class of events or uh, it's a representational thing. Then next question is, what what are diagrams? How are they different from other kinds of representations? Uh, here the answer, simple answer is diagrams are intended to be interpreted uh, in such a way that certain spatial information can be easily extracted, normally by vision, but for a blind person, the same information could be extracted by uh, something kinesthetic. Something tactile or something yeah. kind of so, But the important yeah. thing is its fundamental goal is to represent spatial relationships, even though we normally uh, interpret them visually. And, and, and Chandra, would you say that, so it's not 
only spatial relationships, right? It, it could have other things, but is the mode of representation spatial or does it represent spatial information? Okay, you know what I mean? The, okay, that's a complicated issue is that uh, the answer is that typically every diagram is not purely spatial. Uh, diagrams, because they're intended to be representation, they're often annotated with additional information, either implicitly, so that both the creator of the representation as well as the user of the representation understands implicitly what are to be taken seriously, what are not to be taken seriously. What do you have in mind? For example, if I draw you a map about how to get from my house to your house, right? Um, I may uh, some of the lines may be thicker than and because of my pencil is losing its thing, they may become thinner. Sure. Uh, the thickness of the line implicitly does not matter. Sure. Okay. Uh, but the approximate spatial layout of the line matters because I'm representing a road. It's a okay. metric space in a way. Yeah. So that yeah. By, by between you and me, there is an impl- I don't have to explain every time I draw your, your map. Oh no, no, don't worry. The sig- thickness doesn't matter. Right. Okay. But One we understand. Yeah. Uh, so there is a kind of a socially constructed, accepted set of conventions about uh, for many diagrams about what aspects of the visual represent visual aspects of the diagram are they're intended to be representational. Which is interesting, right, Chandra? Because there's something very intuitive about most diagrams. There's something intuitive. Well, that's also. because they're socially constructed. Hmm. We don't realize the long history of uh, right. uh, social diagrams. Now, that does not apply to all diagrams because, you know, in special fields, people are constantly creating diagrams and you have to help people interpret them. So there is an element of learning and There's conditioning. There's an element of learning, but we grow up so much in our cultures with diagrams of various kinds that uh, we kind of understand what are intended. Yeah. Going back to your question yeah. about is it always spatial, almost all diagrams typically have symbolic elements such as labels. Right. Okay. That label itself is not a diagram. It's visual because once you recognize that A as A, it doesn't play any spatial role anymore. Right. Okay. Uh, and sometimes you use colors. That's because they're visually, but the colors simply play a role equivalent to symbols. I, instead of saying, instead of coloring a region red, I might as well write R-E-D, and right. it plays the same role. Right, okay. that's a good point. Yeah, right. Now, there are exceptions to that. For example, there are some representations in which gradations of color Hmm. actually also give information. So heat okay. maps or things uh, of that yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Okay, but those are, those are all additional ideas related to that. But the reason why diagrams work fundamentally is because of a thing called free ride. Hmm. What that means is that essentially, if uh, diagrams are the following property, if I represent information A, and if I represent information B, certain other information follows as a result of given A and given B, C might follow, okay? But normally when we are trying to do symbolic reasoning, we have to use explicit reasoning to get at that C. But in the case of a diagram, certain consequences are already present in the diagram. For example, if I tell you, imagine taking a step forward, take a step to the right, and take a step back, where are you with respect to the starting point? Most people either take a piece of paper and draw something, or they imagine it. It doesn't matter. In either case, the fact that you are one step to the right is available in the diagram right. for vision to pick it up. 
Right. It doesn't have to be reasoned. Right. This is one of the powers of diagrams is this notion of a free ride. That's such a beautiful okay. point. Yeah. Now, what I also have to say, there are many other, suppose I say uh, A is to the left of B, B is to the left of C, where is A with respect to C? Most people visually look at, uh, there are three points, and then say, oh, A is to the left of C. But most people who use the representation also know uh, uh, not to answer the following question. Is A twice as far from B as B is uh, right. C? You'll say, oh, yeah, in this diagram, it happens to be that right. A is one inch away from B and B is two inches away from C. But but given what you told me, I wouldn't make that inference. Right. So every diagram both represents more it represents more in the sense that there is more information there, but you know that doesn't you belong. Know, you know what is extraneous yeah, and what, what has to be what's, what's, what's extraneous. So because, again, culturally we learn what can be inferred from diagrams, what cannot be inferred from diagrams. Once those conventions are set up, then certain classes of information can be very effectively presented by classes of diagrams, like pie charts, okay, yeah, yeah. things like that. Okay. Good. So I think we'll we'll unravel some of these uh, Chandra as we go forward. But Prakash, I think one of the points that Chandra mentioned is that if if a child were born and a toddler or a young infant, um, yeah. if you just gave diagrams to an infant, would 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 it make any sense at all? Or how much of how much of conditioning learning is involved? And you know, it's obviously it feels like. It's more intuitive than alphabet and scripts and letters, um, but just just help us contrast and discriminate that with 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 scripts, with language, with uh, reading in general. Okay, I thought you know, like say before that, you know, like I would definitely would like sure. to discuss that. But I liked you know what Chandra said. Hmm. What is you know, like say you know diagram like you know. Hmm. But then you know, like I would like to add couple of things or rather you know maybe some you know clarification before you know like say going to That's fine. the script yeah because one thing you know like i i like the the very first sentence that you know like it is something which is actually representation that is you know coming from within i mean we create that diagram is not does not exist in nature this is a very good point because you know like say that means you know, like it is you know something like it's an expression exactly it's expression you know, like symbolic right. expression Okay, that me and then in the same like uh, you know in the continuation of his uh, talk, you also mentioned that you know there's a learning is involved, yeah. and you know like one of the things is involved in one of the focus you know like in the field now is actually how to interpret the diagram. Mm -hmm. I mean, where does the diagram diagram come from? From our own minds, cognition mm -hmm. is a product of that, and then you know like other thing is actually like say again interpreting that. But, but so that Prakash, is a, uh, we the way we learn diagrams. Yeah, is it different from the way we learn scripts and alphabet and letters? Definitely very different. In in what way? In a, like, Give I us think a feel for it. We don't need to do anything very expansive. But how exactly are these two different? See, because you know when one speaks about how one learns scripts or alphabet, okay. there are stages and you know there are all yeah. kinds of theories around it. There are many. There, there's something okay. more gradual okay. about diagrams. Uh, what I feel is uh, there are again two levels. You know, for for your question, sure. One is you know, like say you asked about the script. Script, you know, again is related to language. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
language which means that it's linguistic linguistic in a speech for speech. example speech so it's some so, kind of transformation of speech yes the writing is yes but you know like say diagram probably has got something with the language or the spoken language also because i feel you know that language and diagram both are you know like say meant for communication evolved for communication mm-hmm. okay and in a way they have a property called you know like say what you all know that you know like generative property you can actually generate you know like or you know like you can but diagrams are not generative are diagrams can, generative i think you know like i that's what you know i feel it would you say is, that lopa would you uh, say, i think how how are sentences different from diagrams as he was telling the diagrams are like pictures and sentences are grammatical sentences so what the representation we are talking of is it's not just a sentence would be sufficient or diagrams would be sufficient we would like to enrich the representation system by incro- incorporating both diagrams and sentences mm-hmm. but before coming to this point i would like to react to what prakash was saying sure. that about the question you asked mm-hmm. that when a child is taught the scripts in schools in the nursery they are first taught geometric shapes mm-hmm. and then they are initiated to alphabets mm-hmm. like c is a half circle mm-hmm. t is a one a slipping line and a standing line mm-hmm. so that helps and they do not uh, they are not taught alphabets in order they are taught by geometric shapes mm-hmm. first the geometric shapes and then those which are related to that like a d or a c so where are you going with this what's what's the what's the point no the point is this that you know first you have the visual representation for the script also i think basic is the shapes mm-hmm. and if you allow me to call them also as diagrams the shapes and from the shape they are coming to the scripts scripts are not diagrams right scripts are not diagrams but the I mean, starting points are yeah, not sure. scripts do do scripts have something to do with shape yes but yes i like to disagree with what lopa uh, sure. said because it like say as you rightly point I and mean, i think pointing out um that scripts you know like say, are very very different the written uh, uh, form written uh, form of language that's visual yes that's the only the similarity in a way mostly in like but otherwise you know the scripts or the writing system or orthography whatever you call it is a secondary symbolic system secondary language skill we say unlike speech speech mm-hmm. which is natural mm-hmm. it's a spontaneous kind of thing mm-hmm. all children in like would what they need if they are exposed to any speech i mean a uh, speech ordinary speakers i mean community of speakers they would you know automatically develop that language sure they have you know something like inbuilt there i think Or the question in, in a way is that do and maybe the, just to reconcile some of your positions yeah. are shapes somewhere intermediate no. between that speech layer yeah this and is, the yeah that is exactly what i'm saying the written code this is like say when you write script means script is you know the secondary level which is like say again which is not spontaneous which is a cult- i mean it's very cultural thing which is developed about you know just about 5 5000 years ago but in like the point here is that that symbol stands for something else 
whereas in like the diagram you know like that level is not there where are you understandra huh? yes yeah, exactly so i think there is something the distinction between a uh, written language say apple is on the table yes okay and the diagram of apple you draw and call it an apple and a table is the following is that uh, there is something arbitrary about apple the collection of dots referring to apple actually referring to apple is yeah. it by convention there all... there could be many different languages where you yes, could refer to the same apple yeah. in very different scripts arbitrariness of the yeah there's an arbitrariness on the other hand every diagram that serves a useful purpose has some kind of homomorphism right. with an underlying reality okay right. in the case of that uh, apple there are many many arbitrary things what color i used to draw the apple how th- what thickness i used but nevertheless that the top uh, down relationship is uh, is uh, w- very much Uh, so what is homomorphic homomorphism uh, one, is, one understands what is homomorphism but what is homomorphic oh what is homomorphism is what that is retained? spatial relationship between objects in the diagram represent the reality uh, 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 represent uh, more or less well uh, the spatial relationships between objects in the world that you're trying to represent right. whereas in the case of apple there is no such connection it's entirely arbitrary it's entirely arbitrary and that's why it's entirely symbolic because it refers exactly that's right that's right so okay. there's that's where the second order third right. order you had a point to make lopa i just wanted to say that diagrams are language independent yeah so they they, they do not rely on any particular language so but but so, but would it see, be see no diagram i mean generally no diagram will be only just homomorphic they will have non non morphic yeah, yeah. no i totally agree with that in uh, fact that's elements. what i said so you have to still agree so, on which is why things. a diagram yeah. is not a photograph a diagram yes, is right. a diagram then it becomes a pictograph so, yes yeah, it's a pictograph that's right yeah and in fact many it's diagrams a, we actually re- uh, annotate them with symbols as well you yeah, know so, so in, that. in that sense all diagrams are hybrids they're not uh, yeah in fact i would say most real world diagrams are hybrids hmm but but do diagrams have an internal grammar do diagrams have an internal grammar how would you think of it from a logical standpoint and how have diagrams evolved lopa you've thought about this for a little bit i mean we uh, i mean obviously there's a little bit of social thing and we may learn it at whatever stage and we do things in the manner that we do but has there been think, some kind of coevolution with logic in general yeah i think it was more than past 300 years starting from euler who started to represent categorical propositions in terms of diagrams but euler even prior to euler leibniz did st- uh, try with some of the line diagrams but though he had never explicitly mentioned this mm-hmm. so people had been trying but then but why did diagrams take so long to come do you the, know what i mean i mean 300 yes, I years or 500 years is fairly recent in the very long arc of because when languages came to be when yes diagrams were pushed at the background because they had the status of heuristic tool and nothing beyond that hmm. so it was due to the effort of some of the contemporary logicians like sheen hammer and all and professor chandrashekharan is here and he did a lot of work on the space right. the special representations no no i mean it in the historical sense lopa not just in the last uh, few years no in the historical sense i'm telling that it took like more 2000. than 300 years to travel to reach 1980 that's fine but that is as that's the status of um, diagrams within mathematics or within logic 
the question is like 2000 years ago were we drawing diagrams were we using it was, it, was it a part of the caves they were but yeah they were but they were never given any uh, they were never in the mainstream the diagrams were there they were just heuristic tools and nothing beyond that mm-hmm. because in geometry diagrams have been used much before um, maybe from the beginning of geometry and is there some kind of a link between geometry and diagrams uh yes i mean there is interesting i mean maybe this is one of the reasons why diagrams were kept aside because you know there are some paradoxical situations but uh from the uh, diagrammatic representation some things may seem illusory and because of that may diagrams seem illusory. Il- misleading the mm-hmm. diagrams were misleading at times but that doesn't mean that any diagram can never be used what like, do you mean well, some some of the diagrams had led to some kind of confusion so what do you have in mind like how can diagrams be illusory illusory means what i, I mean, illusory my i might have used uh, okay misleading really misleading a misleading uh, or can lead to yes. wrong inferences yes 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 so sometimes diagram had led to lo- wrong inferences and that also we had come across with when euler's diagram we had the euler diagram could not represent all forms of classical syllogism Mm-hmm. so when came up with his system and then again when system we find that it was not sufficient and it was the contribution of cs purse mm. which had enriched when system and when uh, in the when system disjunction was not possible to represent and it was due to the contribution of cs purse that disjunction was able to be represented so in today, diagrams so today today are you in a good shape can all syllogisms be represented yes. diagrammatically yes uh, is is, the, is that okay chandra uh, yes but i don't want to do a cl- for uh, it'll be useful to make a distinction here between diagrams in everyday life and diagrams, and diagrams for mathematics specific disciplines like mathematics mm-hmm. okay the reason is we asked the question why did diagram take so long i don't think it took so long i bet you 2000 years ago when a man on the street asked another man on the street or woman on the street you can just how to scribble get something to on the, the floor how on, to get the to the agora the probably the guy told you know you're here you see that uh, tower there and you go this way and then go around and it is there you know right. so, yeah it's very likely i don't know right. for fact <laughs> but it's very likely something like that was done a mm. long time ago okay mm. now that's what i mean by everyday diagram but what alopa is talking about is uh, exploiting this representational capability to help with logic that's a relatively recent uh, a uh, recent phenomenon and they have had to come up with uh, all kinds of augmentations such as notations and various kinds of things which are partly symbolic uh, so that if, uh, you're going back to your original point about all diagrams are hybrid that is no more that is uh, no more true than in uh, in mathematics you know mathematical representations are deeply hybrid in that way right. uh, when for example when uh, in uh, set theory uh, they they decided uh, they came up with a way of representing disjunction it is because they added many symbolic elements to that right. and conventional uh, conventional elements to that that's why they could do that so i think it's useful to distinguish between a very common notion of diagrams as something everybody can use their vision to get something out of versus the special uh, representations in mathematics yeah i think i agree with that because it's like say basically to convey the information in a special 
you know the, with the relation to spatial relationship between the components but then it also uh, probably we should add which lopa suggested in a way all the information prob- uh, probably cannot be if you know efficiently represented by diagrams so okay if i flip the question yes. prakash yeah if if by some stroke of luck right the diagrams didn't exist ah and we still had to go from place a to place b and had to take some turns on the street and assuming that everything else existed what sentences have sufficed and that's the other way of like do we need diagrams is there is there something about the way the world is that makes diagrams necessary not just in the mental imagery yeah. side chandra which we'll get to but do we need diagrams do you know what i mean Lopa? yeah uh, may i try yes. to yes please. yeah because in a tribal society where people do not use diagrams mm-hmm. uh, they would just how to go from this hill to the other hill or from this point to the other point they will say that you have to walk this much of distance and distance maybe in terms of hours or from morning to night and that is how they would indicate the distance and uh, so there they do not use diagrams at all i've so, seen people using this no, good point good point that's true yeah right yeah. Is, so it is possible it is. to have a cultural life it a social is. life it is i'm saying without having yeah, diagrams exactly exactly so okay now but then without having in the diagram or some kind of symbolic representation even like a script it will be very much contextualized in the sense it got to be in the present you cannot have displacement kind of thing you cannot say that there is a there is a you know pothole here you know like say take care of that you got to stand there to tell everyone if you if there is no diagram if there is no external representation what does that mean see what she said like say for example lopa hmm. uh, like uh, was saying that one can there can be you know without I mean, th- no need for diag- diagrams so there can this, be life without in this situation the, the the let's say this hypothetical the tribal hypothetical situ- thing of tribal you know, situation guiding la- a person you know like say to but language still exists yes language so, is exists it's there and some kind of a notion of distance still exists yeah but then you know, it is a context in you know, it happens you know between the speaker and listener that's fine it doesn't go beyond you know like another property of the language is actually mm-hmm. displacement you can talk about you know like say you know about anything in the world anywhere happening in you know, space and time you mm-hmm. know are not you know the constraints when we speak we can talk about you know future or past or you know what's happening you know like say in america or in japan or in india any part so of you're saying india. it doesn't help you deal with the hypothetical with the abstract with no. what do you mean by displacement i'm sure you mean it in a technical sense in the in the say uh, yeah this is one of the properties in you know, the uh, say uh, like arbitrariness in the sense we using the language you can denote we can talk about the information and talk about the issues or talk about something what is what has happened in the past or would might happen in the future or may maybe happening some any part of the world geographical uh, you know area it helps so, you fan out in both space and time that's the yes, point the, the, you can go somewhere what. else you can Whereas, go you know, like to another say, time yeah but you know like say other like the speech which is you know like say it's a it's a kind of you know, i would say sentence 
if uh, Chandra says in like a sentential representation. But why why can't one tribal person have? Why can't they have a myth that if you ever go to that hill, you are supposed to walk for five days and on the no no that saying that you got to keep telling that repeatedly, right? Mm-hmm. Say the people, this information. got to be told to each and every person who would like to cross to the other uh, other hill so you're saying it's but not recorded know, but if you have a diagram there it's physical in like on the road okay this is what it the information is depicted there either in the sentential form or in the pictorial form or whatever whatever representative i mean some symbolic form it becomes a somewhat then you know let's say, yeah it is there it's a permanent thing there So, so okay so there we talking so, about some so and also function the, uh, as a function yeah and so what i mean is you can live without the diagram or in you know, like some external representation but it is not going to be efficient sure and this fair is enough. what i wanted to say fair enough and then second sorry yes. i mean just one more thing the even the processing you know, will be very different say when the speech you know like is a serial thing sequential kind of thing mm-hmm. sequential Mm-hmm. Whereas in a diagram, you know, like it's something like say what we call simultaneous kind of like say representation. I mean, you when the, we have a test, for example, you know, like say we show a picture, one, one geometric, can comprehend the whole ge- geometrical geometrical picture, and then show it to them for two seconds and take it take it out, and then ask the person to draw it from the memory. Sure. So that actually, like, say he he cannot suppose if there are, it had four sides. It's he, not each, like he'll catch only three sides and miss the fourth. No, no, no. <laughs> that, that would never. Each happen. while drawing each side, he has to consider all the three because it has to be proportionate. Sure. So that's a parallel processing, simultaneous sure. processing, which sure. is actually like say comes only in the processing of diagrams. Sure. Not in the process of processing of language or script also. Sure. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, a lot of this can be said about pictures in general, and not just about diagrams, right? Yeah. I think the other question I have is that if we think of language in a more general way, it seems to have more fundamental units, either both at the level of speech or at the level of the written language. Now we understand that diagrams are a more general, more amorphous kind of thing. It's not. No, I would but call it more the, general. I would call it, in fact, they're less general mm-hmm. because. Uh, There's specific. There's specificity. The reason why uh, human language is so powerful is uh, is that it can transcend the particularities of uh, and the specificity of a diagram and uh, uh, universal quantification is a very tricky thing in a diagram. Whereas you can say things like very general things in in language, which are hard to say. So uh, I would say diagrams right. are a special purpose device for certain kinds of limited inferences, but for those things they are very effective. Okay, every of course you can always generalize them, add features to them, and make them more general. But you're pushing it towards the power of language at that point. Yeah, are diagrams exactly, yeah. always contextual? Are they always refer to Something specific. Right. Okay. Because Let's say what he if, said. If, I'm if, trying if, to elaborate on his point. Assuming Prakash agrees with me on this, is that I think one way of looking at it is that I can say yesterday I was standing in front of the temple. 
Okay. Now, if I draw a diagram of man, a person standing, and a temple. You have okay. no way of showing yesterday. Uh, yeah. Now, I have to annotate it by saying yesterday. The picture yeah. itself cannot uh, Show say that it yesterday. Was yesterday. Okay. Yes. And uh, it is very hard to represent yesterday. Which is a, the a, displacement point that you cannot. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, I'm yeah. hoping, I'm trying to make yeah. your point. Sure, okay. sure. Okay. Yeah. So, in that sense, language has tremendous generality. But the problem is, for those inferences for which diagrams are efficient, Oh, then you want to use them. Like the example I talked about where when you say A is to the left of B, B is to the left of C, uh, and you instantly can see with your eyes that A is to the left of C. So are they always for spatial well, diagram, slash logical no, not operations? Necessarily, not necessarily. You can represent space, time spatially. Right. Right. So that is one way of doing it. Okay. And in things like Venn diagrams, you're not representing space. You're representing abstract concepts of inclusion, hmm. but because there is a mapping to space. So whenever there are phenomena in abstract in situations which have the kind of internal mathematical structure that corresponds to space, then they're very useful. Like inclusion is, you know, homomorphic to uh, space. What cannot be represented, Lopa, in diagrams? Or what is difficult to represent in diagrams? No, one thing is like, you know, uh, let us first come to painting. So it is not possible, a painter can draw that it is raining, but it is very difficult to represent that it's not raining. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, like, uh, so there are such negative things which you cannot represent. So, so you cannot represent contradictions. We can represent contradiction in diagrams. I'll tell you how. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and um, I would like to draw your attention to the fact that we have brought in the notion of absence. Mm -hmm. Like, say, for example, uh, that a tiger is not inside this room. We Hopefully can perceive. Not, yeah. We can we can see it. Mm -hmm. So, like the Indian realist, we we see that we can we, we can uh, perceive that the uh -huh. object absence of the object. In a particular locus. Locus mm -hmm. is this room, so it's not here. Mm -hmm. So this situation we have represented in diagrams. Mm -hmm. So th this can be represented in diagrams and so... Uh, so how do you represent absence? We have just notationally used, we have put an, uh, a consonant and put a bar over it. So you say tiger bar. Say, for example, tiger. So, tiger bar means T -bar, the tiger. T bar. So, tiger is absent. Okay, yes. The tiger is absent. So, from that, it can, if somebody is used to that convention. So, you would write T bar inside the circle, right. which is denoting the room. Then, T bar means that the tiger is not in the exactly, room. Exactly, exactly. But how do, you, how do you go to the rest of the universe? How do you go to the complementary set? I mean, is there a way of showing that yes. tigers don't, like, if, but, but from, if this was not tigers and unicorns, and right, unicorns yes, don't exist? Yes, very good question. So we can also in the system, we can represent, because, you know, when you say that talk of unicorn, we also understand what a unicorn is. <laughs> the concept is there because, you know, somebody brings you a photograph of a snake and says that this is unicorn and immediately you'll say that, of no, this not. is not a sure. unicorn. So suddenly we know we have a mental concept of unicorn. Yeah. So that unicorn is not present in this room. Mm -hmm. That can be represented in a similar way. So both for objects existed, though Nyayikas, the Indian thinkers would disagree at this point, mm -hmm. but we had also taken... So what would the Nyayikas say? No, they would say that, no, the for uh, objects which do not have existence cannot have absence. Mm -hmm. That is their standpoint. Mm -hmm. But we have elaborated this a bit. Here uh, we have brought in 
these non-existent objects also mm-hmm. and their a- absence can be represented because for us we understand the concept is there for us what is important is the concept we understand the concept and if it is not here then we can say that outright that it the absence of it is here so absence right. of unicorn is in this room suppose you have a model of unicorn in the uh, other room right. so we can say that this is a unicorn and this is not uh, and no unicorn is here inside this room so this can be expressed but this is not what you mean by a contradiction no so, yes Contra- so this get, is not a contradiction so let us go to the point of contradiction we in our system we will have two kinds of contradiction in the when when system when per system we have a contradiction when a region is empty a shading is put over there mm-hmm. and a cross represents non emptiness mm-hmm. so if in the same region you have both shading and cross so that is a contradiction Mm-hmm. in our case if we have a as an individual and a bar is absence of individual so if in the same region you have both a and a bar mm-hmm. that is a contradiction but that's a mistake it's not a contradiction this is a contradiction because what the diagram is saying is that the same region a is there i mean both the existence both of there. the object and not the existence of the object okay, both fair being enough. present so it can be represented yes representation of a contradiction can i ask you a question yes, about what is the motivation for building these diagrammatic systems for logic or set theory in other words if we have if we can do if we can perform reasoning using abstract symbolic systems what additional uh, motivation is there to build these systems with the t bars and things like that. i'm just curious like what does one achieve by yeah, well, what do you get what is does it one is achieve? it explanatory is it pedagogic or does it actually give you additional logical power i'm just curious additional logical power you get more uh, rules of inferences and you can express more facts through this compared to compared to the one where you do not have no no i don't that but compared to abstract symbolic representation yes yes okay Okay, that's interesting. Yes. Be- because one would think abstract symbolic representation would have as much power as you want them to have, whereas it is diagrams you are trying to expand in expressiveness. So I'm a little surprised to hear that uh, these kinds of annotated, augmented diagrams have more power than abstract symbolic representations for the same logical system. We are here at this point. We are conducting empirical experiment. about the clutter whether when we put in the absence as well as the object where the diagram is more cluttered and an experiment has been conducted at the university of brighton with the british students and we think that it is possible there is some cultural uh, factor involved in it and unless we conduct it here in india we will we are not sure of the results so we are going to conduct it here soon So can I restate that point see if you agree with me what you're saying that it is not that augmented diagrams are logically more powerful than corresponding symbolic representations but that they may be used very useful for human beings to reason about certain logical systems using those diagrams because then they can use their visual capabilities right. to make inferences right. which would be very hard for them to do More easily in abstract because either they're less cluttered or whatever is that do you agree yes, with that yes sir yeah, so okay, so there you. is there is there is something functional about it so you, i mean right. about it so it's more useful yes it's in, more yeah, useful yeah for modeling not necessarily modeling for helping people 
it's more being, useful for to comprehension. Make inferences. To make it more concrete yeah. and yes, you know, exactly. more understandable. Yeah. Okay, why don't, okay, why don't we change tracks a little bit and think about this, the, the fact that we make almost all our diagrams on a 2D plane. Now, is there some kind of a constraint because of that? So when, and, you know, maybe it's a good point and time to start thinking about how we make diagrams in our head. Well, so, actually, there is not quite true we make all of our diagrams in uh, 2D. There, in chemistry, for example, uh, people have, they're not paper diagrams. They are organic models. molecules sure. or models. Okay? Sure. And they play the role of diagrams. They can see, oh, this carbon atom is connected. You know what I mean? They can make in inferences uh, similar to diagrammatic and, and from And from a reasoning standpoint, yes. they serve identical functions. You mean yes, a diagram in a 3D you, model? Namely, you use your perceptual capabilities either by touching or by vision to make, uh, uh, to, uh, to get information, which is what I call free ride. If carbon atoms, four atoms go here, then it must have certain consequences and you can get it right over there. So, sure. so there are diagrams of that sort. Okay. Sure. Uh, yeah. Chandra, it's very, yeah, it's correct. It's a, you can also probably, you know, add gestures Gestures, you know, like you were oh, gestures. Yeah, yeah you, the way point. you were. Yeah, yeah it's like three right. D. Like yeah, exactly, uh, that's know. right. Yes, and it's also like say continuously changing. You know, mm -hmm. a, you can also show the you know which is otherwise you know two D is you know supposed to be static. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Di or dynamic. That's a good point you're making yeah. because you can have animated diagrams. Animated, you know, like say uh, I think diagrams, this, this which make certain information more easy to uh, see. Uh, so, yeah, there are additional dimensions you can add to diagrams. Okay, for example, in animated diagrams, you can see the evolution of a phenomenon or a process, and you can make inferences from it, again, using visual... Uh, but are diagrams necessarily visual? I mean, how, how do no, blind, no, yes, how I do blind people Yes, I would like to... Uh, C.S. Pars, he had uh, talked about uh, audio diagrams, and mm -hmm. some people are working, are diagrams visual, what you are asking? Mm -hmm. So, in Estonia, um, Ahati is there and he is working on uh, this audio diagrams. What, audio what do you diagram? mean by audio Audio diagram? means, the, the, it is from the auditory information. But then I, am, uh, I have not gone through it wholly because the entire document material was no, not no, available to me. No, what does it me. mean actually, audio diagram? He, he, this is what CS Pars calls the diagrams because you have sequential information. Yeah. The audio information is sequential. sequential. Yeah. So he calls it uh, a diagram, auditory diagram. And I was thinking that for the visually challenged as you were discussing that haptic diagrams are there and auditory diagrams can equally be helpful to them. Because there is sequentiality, so in that sense, right, uh, it's another symbolic system. You know, so, what can not like be represented by diagrams? What oh, cannot be? Most things cannot be represented by diagrams. You know, for example, if you're talking about, uh, um, you know, is capital uh, punishment just? Try to argue about it diagrammatically. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Many, many of our conceptual notions have no diagrammatic uh, or visual representation analog. And if we had to, if we had to say why that is the case, Again, what would we say? Let me repeat the point we originally made: is that diagrams are useful when the underlying situation has spatial relationships. So there's nothing spatial about this capital punishment point. Right. So either because they have spatial, we're talking directly about spatial relations, or because there is a homomorphism 
between the abstract relationship and and, re and, and relevant uh, relevant parts of space. Explicitness, so when, uh, you mean? Explicitness. No, no. I'm mean. talking literally. For example, time is an example in which uh, time linearity of time has a homomorphism with uh, uh, a line. Yeah. That means when you want time reason scale. about time, right. you can reason with uh, corresponding representation. Right. Inclusiveness. A is included in B and B is included in C. Okay. That has a, a, a homomorphism with uh, spatial regions. Okay? Sure. Right. So sure. whenever you have situations of that sort, then you can use represent diagrams. But many, many, many things we want to talk about don't have spatial analogs. So mm -hmm. when you want to talk about them, you need other ways of talking about them. But are we always making diagrams in our head for these kind of things? No. When I'm talking about is, is it, capital punishment just? Of course not. So, Which is not to suggest that all the reasoning in our minds is diagrammatic. That's not the question. Right. The question is that for for things which need diagrammatic reasoning, is right. it always accompanied by mental imagery of that Well, sort? I don't know if I can say always, but it is uh, because I don't think we have done the test. I mean, as sure. she points out, there are cultures in which... Uh, uh, what would you normally think of as spatial, they convert them into some other story about time, you know, and how long it takes to go from A to B. Yes. So it's possible to do other things. So it's very hard to say always, but uh, at least for me, whenever the phenomenon I'm talking about is spatial or has, is has a spatial analog, I have mental images corresponding to them, okay? Maybe they, by the way, at some point, I think it will be useful to talk about mental images. So when you have time, we can do that. We'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Prakash, I just want to understand... You've done a little bit of work in dyslexia, for example. Yeah. Like there, there is a way in which some of us are unable to make sense of scripts. Something right. is lost. Yes. If cognition is not as powerful as it can be. Yeah. Is it possible for there to be some kind of a similar phenomenon in the context of diagrams? Is it possible that some kinds of brains or some kind of minds don't grasp whatever diagrams are able to convey for for the rest of us. Yeah, it, this comes actually in the interpretation in a way, mm -hmm. in diagrams. In, in I mean, I would uh, put it the interpretation of diagrams. You got to real, I mean, diagrams. So for example, in, even in the sense of reading and scripts, yes. if somebody is dyslexic, what exactly fails? See, they got to, uh, in reading diagram, for example, you got to connect, map that, link that to what it stands for. Mm -hmm. Similarly here in like in reading, Mm -hmm. Something is like, say, there's a written symbols on the, you know, like printed symbols are there. Mm -hmm. That actually got to be connected or that should be mapped to speech sounds, sure. spoken language. Sure. So that is, you know, like, say, these dyslexia is really, is defined as the inability to map the uh, characters or sound, I mean, uh, letters into corresponding sounds, spoken Sounds. So that it's is that mapping. It's at that. It's a, It's the level of that mapping that it. Yes, fails. mapping. So you know what cur sounds like, and you know what cur looks like, but you're not able to map them. No, car doesn't. Car sound doesn't look like anything, right? Car only. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So sure. it's it's actually the script is nothing but in a in a way it's a encode. It's a sounds encoded yes. speech encoded is the script yes what you see so this encoded to in order to get back you know what is encode that coding decoding thing, you got to decode it mm -hmm. so those persons who cannot decode are the one i mean the naturally the uh, normally children you know like say would develop that skill 
mm-hmm. decoding but some people because of you know some gen- neurogenetic so now know. let's carry this understanding to the world of diagrams and we'll just come to you lopa in no. exactly a minute but yes you had something yeah, to say yeah i just wanted to ask prakash about those children whether they are verbalizers or they are visualizers see that the is dyslexic a, children no like see uh, i would say that is you not know, like it is not you cannot really divide the children these are verbalizer non verbalizers there are okay some people may be like say, slightly better in verbal and slightly some others are slightly better in non verbal but it's a thing. spectrum they're not they're yes. not two separate camps yeah it sure. is not definitely sure and so dyslexia by definition is actually inability to decode but is it okay so we may be carrying this template that lopa has just brought in yeah. is it is it a verbalization issue what fails so i think when you say that decoding fails yeah. it still feels a little bit at the top like what exactly fails See, cognitively it is like a triangle mm-hmm. you have you know like say orthography that's a written symbols mm-hmm. and then you know like say you have the sounds mm-hmm. what it stands for mm-hmm. and then you know you have the meaning right and like so all triangle whether it is made. a diagram or you know like a script our idea function is actually the purpose is to get into the meaning right but then you know like say this is as as i told you in the beginning reading you know like say is a secondary linguistic skill it's a cultural evolution mm-hmm. and it doesn't come on its own mm-hmm. so you got to really explicitly teach them Mm-hmm. and it happens after it actually is grafted on you know the nat- spontaneous skill of in you know, a speech mm-hmm. so by like say they by the time they are you cannot teach a child to read directly without you know teaching him the language speech right that's a good point okay is there again is there an intermediate stage where you start processing shapes and images yeah what happens you know like say for example you have an yeah say they shape okay uh, for me i would say like uh, as chandra pointed out uh, that you know like say it is there you know for the ages i mean lopal said great that you know like say ages you know like uh, much earlier to writing uh, you know uh, drawing drawing was there drawing representation but you know like it it is not that you know like writing evolved from the drawings mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, this is different drawing you know like say, is different and like say writing systems you know like the way they developed is different slightly mm-hmm. this is because these are generally these are you know drawing could be for any any i mean to represent anything maybe it is raining or something you know some object in the you know uh, in the environment again the question is and maybe these questions need a lot of research and a lot of testing to figure out but for a normal child yeah. within codes with a lot of care um is it is it simpler to learn how to understand diagrams or is it simpler to learn scripts like what is more labored what is cognitively more intense heavier if you know what i mean i think yeah. is there something relatively more spontaneous and intuitive about the way we grasp diagrams it is simpler to grasp a diagram if it is concrete Mm-hmm. because there's a meaning you know like say direct access to meaning so it's slightly more transparent than that direct access in the sense you know like say a pen you know like say shape of the pen you see the pen or and we, a, so those are closer to pictures but if you had a simplest venn diagram to overlapping circles with a shading for that actually then you need to have some prior knowledge 
Yeah, fair enough. I think we're just trying to grade it and understand whether it's simpler to understand no, that, that I... versus understanding a simple sentence that this is an apple. I think. I think. Yeah, but probably this is an apple would be much simpler than you know, like understanding the you know Venn diagram. You know, you know. I mean, they, Where are you on this, can. Chandra? I think you, you know one has some understanding of cognitive architectures, and you've done yeah, some work I, I, on this. I, I mean, I, I would agree that uh, and the notion of inclusion, set inclusion, is sufficiently abstract that uh, it would take a little bit of uh, growth in age before uh, a child can understand that notion in general, let alone, and then diagrammatically. So I would uh, say, even though it's a simple diagram, circle within circles or mm -hmm. whatever, I, I mean, again, I haven't done the experiment, but I would bet that uh, a child has to develop a certain degree of no abstract notion of inclusion before they can deal with it. I, I think so. I'm not sure. Uh, Lopa, what do you uh, think? Yes, What's your uh, answer on I this? Have, I have... Uh, st I, my students, those who are in undergraduate level, I've seen that they can follow the Venn diagrams much better than the sentential ones. So they they yeah. are they are not very young children because right. they have sufficiently they have matured they understand the notion of inclusion and uh, the diagram itself. So pro they find that to be simpler than the sentential form of. Uh, syllogism. So maybe one way Agree to articulate that. You know, it. Like, says, you know, like, they're not small children, young children. They're yes. like at a slightly later level, what I, we were talking about. So I think about. maybe one way to articulate it that once you've learnt the written language and once you've learnt diagrams, diagrams are simpler. Is that is that fair? Uh, maybe only Venn diagrams, I don't know. But I think we... No, we, there are various kinds of diagrams. Need not be just Venn diagrams. There can be line diagrams. No, that's fine. Whatever. So... One thing I would like to mention that, you know, like uh, in diagrams, there are three things we have considered three factors to be important. One is simplicity, other is visual clarity, and other is expressiveness. Mm -hmm. Now, more and more ex uh, expressive a diagram is, it loses its simplicity because more information you pu you would put to the by, diagram. By expressiveness, you mean the information content? Information content. Though, I mean, the, the, the richer it is, the more expressive it is. More expressive it is, but, then, uh, uh, but then it will lose its simplicity. It will no longer remain a simple so diagram. So are diagrams only meant for toy cases, more or less? I mean, no, for no, very, no, very no, complex, no. very, no, very complex phenomena. She's talking about, for example, there is a very famous diagram in physics called Feynman diagrams. Of course. Okay. Yeah. They are not for you and me. They are for uh, Particle pe people solving so. problems in certain aspects of quantum hydrodynamics. But if you're solving problems in that area, those diagrams are a killer uh, use for you. So in that sense, they're not toy. Right. Uh, so yeah. They're not toy uh, things, but they are in fact extremely powerful. But then again, I want to repeat the point. At that point, they are not pure diagrams. They're highly specialized hybrid representations with a tremendous amount of symbolic information along with perceptual uh, spatial uh, uh, information. They're very spe powerful, special purpose cases. Right, right. So as we start thinking about the future in the somewhat distant future, 500 years out, 1,000 years out, is it possible to design robots which reason with diagrams as simply oh, as some of us are able to do. I don't know if you to um, yeah, One whatever. of my work has been trying to design uh, uh, inter, you know, cognitive architectures that can reason with diagrams, and there's no reason why robots can't use them. So these are regular problem solvers which yeah, use diagrams. Yeah, regular problem solvers. So before you do that, you have to have a general theory of 
what is reasoning, mm -hmm. uh, what kinds of representations uh, are there, and how they can work together. In my work on cognitive architectures, I have shown uh, the following. I can show. I have shown what what does it what is a what's a mental image because uh, because mental images have historically been a very problematic thing for philosophers and psychologists because mental images feel like pictures, but they're not pictures because there is no eye inside the head. Yeah. So whatever it is, it's not a picture, mm -hmm. but it feels like a picture. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you have to solve that conundrum. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think in my work, I have shown how is it possible for an agent to have an internal representation that feels like a diagram, but it's not a diagram. So what are mental images? Are they output of something? Are well, that's a question. In other words, if I to go back to the example I just mentioned, if I tell you A is to the left of B, B is to the left of C, most people imagine three dots in right. their head, with right. a, you know, and they're able to say things like, oh, yeah, A is to the left of C. What exactly is going on here? Okay. Uh, uh, because it looks, feels very similar to taking a piece of paper and drawing three dots with A, B, C associated with them and looking Okay, but I'm not looking inside my head. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the paradox, or if you want to call it that, or how can something be a diagram without being a diagram? Uh, and um, I have provided a way of thinking about it, and the way of thinking about it is the following: is that uh, there is a there is a uh, there's a neural representation level phenomenon. I don't mean the connectionist level. I mean sure. there is a part of your internal uh, cognitive cognitive architecture which shares a representation between external input and internal input, mm -hmm. okay? So the seeing that A is to the left of C is taking place at a representational level, which is the same whether you are seeing three dots or whether you're imagining three dots. In other words, uh, imagination and actual perception I'm share very... a layer of internal representation which then is subject to certain kinds of uh, perceptual operations. Now, the big difference is the following, is that uh, mental uh, imagining is very memory intensive. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that if I, it's very, not possible for, if I tell you A is to the left of B, B is to the right of D, and then I keep adding E, F, G, you'll say stop, stop, stop. Right. Okay, because our, our memory capacity is very limited, okay. Mm -hmm. But what external representation do is that they have an external memory, so I can keep getting that information from there. But other than that, uh, the solution to the paradox is the following, is that we have... Uh, uh, these, uh, ob these are internal objects which have a dual status. They're at one point, from one point of view, they're symbols. From another point of view, they have uh, the equivalent of pictorial representation so that I can, comp for example, I can tell you to imagine a monkey dancing on top of an elephant. Have you ever seen a monkey dancing on top of an elephant? But it's possible to imagine. It's possible, it. more or less to imagine. You know, it might be quite accurate or whatever. Right. I think that means that we have a capacity to bring uh, portions of internal representations and then compose them. Right. Okay. And uh, I show in my work how that can be done. And I show, uh, and I also make a broader claim, namely that uh, most of AI and cognitive science have overemphasized or not even overemphasis, not right. They have 
assumed that intelligence as we think of is largely due to our ability to represent uh, symbolic information. Mm -hmm. uh, now, uh, in fact, I agree that uh, symbolic information and linguistic representations are extremely powerful. But what I think cognitive science doesn't emphasize enough is that they're built on top of our animal past. The animal, our animal past comes with various kinds of internal perceptual representations, including the body. So when you then build uh, abstract cognition on top of this representation, we have a very powerful system. Now, 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 yeah. if, if one starts thinking of this robot machine question. Right, right. How do you get the equivalent right. of that so past? What, 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 you know so where I'm coming my, from. Uh, if I, my, um, my proposal, in fact, I wrote a, uh, an article on that for uh, uh, one of mm, the major sure. AI conferences in which uh, the title of the paper was uh, Multimodal Representation as the Basis of Cognitive Architecture. Right. The idea is that whenever I think, I don't simply think in language. All, I think all in all relevant modalities, mm -hmm. okay? For example, if I'm thinking about geometry, maybe the sound modality would be pretty absent. There's nothing about Circle. triangles and sounds, yeah. okay? Whereas if I'm thinking about, uh, if I'm a composer, thinking about uh, in a music, okay, a particular piece of composition, maybe there's not much about space there, sure. okay? But, uh, so typically, whenever I'm thinking about things, whatever modality is relevant, gets active. Is is where are you on this, Prakash? For exactly a minute, is all cognition multimodal? Yeah, I like. So, like for example, when you think of how reading happens, mm -hmm. is it is it primarily all happening through what you get through your eyes? Is it primarily visual perception, which leads to cognition? I am a largely, you know, almost you know, like I agree with the, what Chandra said. What's the point of departure? Then? Yeah, it is. You know, like say many of them are. You know, a model or you know, like multimodal or you know, like say it is not the cognition. You know, like something like say a fantastic thing about our cognition, as far as I understand, is you know, like it's, there's nothing written thing there. It's like we are evolved. Cognition is evolved to make sense out of whatever is given, the best thing out of it. Mm. Mm. And in that, you know, like say positive things are you know, like say process faster, easier. Rather than, like, say, when Chandra used a sentence, like, so welcoming, I was wondering, like, say, he said, it's no, uh, it is illegal not to wear, uh, you know, kind of, so, like, it's a, it's a sure. negative thing. So that kind of thing, you know, like, is slightly more complicated for our natural cognitive process, operations, perceptual operations, than, you know, like, there is a tiger. There is no tiger, you know, like, is more dif difficult. Mm -hmm. But then, like, say, I mean, what I mean is, cognition like architecture is evolved, you know, like say for that, you know, like we make sense out of the things, you know, anything, whatever is given. But the operations, you know, probably the the specific operations sometimes are determined or are uh, influenced by the kind of symbolic representation. You know, it is not the same, what kind of, cognitive operations are going to be operated or you know used by the person depends on what are you acting upon i agree i think yeah i think we are still largely um, our power comes from being symbolic animals but that doesn't mean all are operations are purely symbolic as soon as uh, i mean we are goal driven and a lot of our goals are symbolically expressed goals. Mm -hmm. But in the process of achieving that, we make use of all modalities 
as appropriate, and reasoning itself takes takes place in this multimodal uh, context. Is how is how I how how I would put it. Where would you be on this, Loper? I mean, do you think of of course you would deal in a more mathematical, logical kind of realm, and I don't know what multimodality would even mean in that context. Uh, uh, multiple modality will come in the context of the visually challenged. because there we need other modalities than the visual modality yeah so we we've, so, we've discussed yes, that a little yes, bit so yes. i mean you can do that through yes. as you discussed haptics yes. or kinesthetics and things of yes. that nature can i say two sentences regarding yes. that only and you asked actually about the script also so i just thought yes. you know like one is uh, i'm adding to Lo- what lopa was about say that you now uh, for disabled i mean disability children children with the disabilities see the english uh, alphabets they represent you know like say phonemes i mean in principle the each grapheme stands for a phoneme which is very abstract which doesn't exist actually is not concrete mm-hmm. but you know the uh, because of that you know like, but the writing system the alphabetic writing system makes it explicit mm-hmm. so you know like say children get ex- access to that they find it easier you know children who are exposed to alphabetic writing system for example they are good at you know like say in playing la- i mean in language games where they have to sure. deal you know like say with the you know uh, single sounds whereas like say for example the uh, children without sight for i mean okay in indian children mm-hmm. which is like say writing like say is not it is not alphabetic it is like a semi alphabetic or alpha syllabic mm-hmm. where actually syllable in you know, a which is more spontaneous and more natural kind of unit mm-hmm. you know, which is easily accessible is mm-hmm. a representation unit mm-hmm. so there uh, you know like say uh, i mean it's easy for you know to and have the reading between syllables and phonemes here syllable is actually so both are actually the phonological units sure yeah, of the language spoken language sure phoneme is the the basic unit in the sense for example mat That's and fine, a few mat more and teams. pat sure and m and p sure only two with the difference between the mat and pat is only that sound yeah and that but you know that makes you know like the two words different yes meaning is changed this way we say m and p mm. are you know like say consonants yeah. like, or the phonemes in in that language yeah whereas syllable is something what we say what we can say in one spurt yeah whatever yeah. we can utter in one spurt yeah stands for a syllable so it's a longer yeah and it is like say much uh, my grain size is much larger yeah it's easily accessible in that yeah. way it's also supposed to be like say more spontaneous because illiterate people for example can do the syllabic segmentation but not the phonemic segmentation that's a good point diagrams in that sense are not they don't have this kind of exactness they don't they at don't that's because mm. these are arbitrary systems for which we need a whole structure constructed out of them such as why would apple apple has two syllables there's nothing natural about it it is uh, by convention and we have developed it so, so, so they have notions, all this additional structure so notions of grain size and all obviously as there's nothing corresponding right. for diagrams well there is and there isn't for example if you are going to construct a diagram i'm i'm going to broadly speaking start with uh, things like lines and regions and that thing you know right i may build more and more complex diagrams right. you know but uh, still there are elementary units out of which uh, diagrams and other okay. representations Do you agree are with that? yes i uh, i agree with him yes so there could be units the, of diagrams yes yes which, 
last question is is it likely that language and you know we've kind of been distinguishing and comparing and contrasting a little bit is it likely that language would turn primarily diagrammatic or you think of them as very distinct modes is there some kind of a merger ahead as over the next many many actually language already has is partly diagrammatic let me give you if i'm telling you a story mm-hmm. they say john went home uh his wife was making um, a paratha for him uh, he said no i don't feel like paratha today let's go to a restaurant see what's going on here is that uh each sentence uh, describes an event uh at point well, you know uh, time t1 time t2 time t3 so already the very structure of uh, uh telling the story mirrors diagrammatically if you will. but that's one kind of narrative structure that's, i know i understand I mean, the, I understand. one could do it so in many different ways often to the extent possible, can mirror. <laughs> it can uh, have some, diagrammatic features. Exactly. Exactly. That, 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 that's exactly right. But that's, again, that's what's powerful about language. It can mimic several different things because of its generality. It can do that here. It can do something uh, more abstract somewhere, somewhere, somewhere else. Interesting. What do you think, Prakash? What, what I, is the future of diagrams? I would... I don't know. I uh, I would that, that's uh, just, what Chandra to answer. <laughs> no, I would uh, yeah, slightly diagrams and say other symbols like language or written thing. Mm-hmm. Both have uh, both have some similarity and then both are actually some I would say both have some universal features whether in you know, a whatever kind of diagram you talk about. They have there is some commonality you can you know like say these are universal kind of thing. Similarly, whatever kind of script, for example, now I'm talking about, you know, like since I... But I think as we've been discussing, diagrams are very... It's a special purpose. Where, where the, huh, pardon? It's, diagrams are somewhat for no, specific what I mean purposes. Is, you know, so. yeah, but then like say, every, even the language code, language sim, you know, symbols, they also have, you know, like one universal grammar. Similarly, I think there is an universal grammar, the grammar for, for diagram? Diag- diagram also. I think we've touched upon that a little bit. And, but... There is also, in addition to that, there are cultural specificities. In diagrams? Both. I would say both. Are they cultural? Are diagrams? They, definitely. Sure, sure definitely. So no somebody, doubt about it. Somebody yes. in Finland and somebody in Nepal would make diagrams? See, I, let me put it this way, if Chandra agrees. Yeah. See, for example, when we talk about, you know, like say quantity, mm-hmm. you know, like something is like say less more, more less, you know, kind of thing. It is always a higher kind of thing. So it will be always, you know, like say higher will go up. in any in a culture as far as you know like the studies go sure. and the lexia higher will always up why it's something probably it's a universal thing i don't know why well, it's above the mean below because, the mean but that's because high means high that because no, high no, is high no why why do you th- you know, that's the semantics of it yeah but you know, that is universal i mean how can high go low that's no, like changing the no, meaning that is no why not why not so for example <laughs> i'll give the cultural the the, uh, the variations of that for example it's a big start and like say when you if think of you know like a, a picture of a dog okay imagine a picture of dog or you know like say human face or something and like like i ask you to draw the picture of the dog mm-hmm. and normally all of us here you know like the those you know like would, i would knowing the, the background would make the face no. of the mouth of the dog to the left left okay so left. that is damasio's point in a way yeah, right he exactly. kind of makes this yeah, point sure. in exactly in, yeah you know like it is like say, you know it's left sure but then like so those you know like say from persia or in like iran or you know like say from i mean they will make the dog look to the right they will like say, do it other way that's fine 
What's right. the future, Lopa? What's the future of diagrams? Uh, I was thinking of diagrams in very specific context of proofs. And there, you know, like uh, diagrams... Are diagrams used for proof? Yes. Only diagrams in geometry are, or even elsewhere? No, elsewhere. In formal logic and in mathematics, diagrams are much in use. And diagrams, it's not just in the capacity of a heuristic tool, but in the capacity of proof itself. That's a great point. So that is... And is, is, is that is that, as you project this out several hundred years, do you think its status as a method of proving yes i think uh, is likely to be it, it it is likely to emerge as a separate method of proving but but again to go back to the point that chandra and some of us have made during this conversation is it only for problems that have a certain spatial nature till now i think so no actually i would modify it when it was, it was always said not simply problems with the spatial nature but problems which can be mapped Spatial, yes. uh, yes. uh, the, the representation can be spatial. Yes, exactly. Terrific. Yeah. I think that's a good point to end this on. Thanks to all of you for making it, and we look forward to having you soon again. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Very much. Thank, you. Thank you for everything.